Hey guys, this is Pastor Q. On this week's podcast, don't put too much weight in the title. All right, welcome back to X with Q, a 10-minute podcast to help you lead healthy from ministry to the marketplace. My name is Brad, and as always, I'm here with Pastor Mark Q. What 10 minutes of power is going to do? Let's go. (laughs) All right. So one of the first things, Pastor Q, that people look uh, for on maybe LinkedIn or they start looking in any organization is the title of the job. That's what's at the top, right? That's what comes up in the search field. And those job titles might delineate some level of organizational clarity. They don't necessarily reflect someone's ability to lead. So let's talk about yeah. this. Do titles really matter in leadership? I think I think the, the the main reason for the title is because it gives you a general idea for whoever's looking, like you know, CEO, accountant, you know, business administrator, whatever the word is, a director of publishing, director of you know, buying goods. So I think it gives you a general idea. And then let's like you said, I think it's necessary for that. To start, I see titles as a start the conversation piece. Just start the conversation. It's going to start there. If you think everything you're going to do in the organization revolves around what you just read, you're crazy. But <laughs> but I also think it does bring, there's a necessity to a title because it gives the person reading it or needing to find out more about the organization or the department kind of a general idea of what that person would do. Right. You know, so right. in that way, I think they're necessary. Right. So uh, Simon Sinek says this a leader without a title, though, is yeah. better than a title without the ability to lead. Well, sure. What say you to that? Yeah. What I say to that, Mr. <laughs> Brad, is Simon's awesome, but also the understanding of, I think, People believe that their influence comes from their position, but their real influence comes from their ability to motivate and move people towards a goal. Right. You know, John Maxwell describes five levels of leadership. And what he says is the starting base or the base, the ground floor of leadership is positional. You're having your influence and leadership from your position. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but you're really not going to make the deep long-lasting impact as a leader if you stay at the ground floor. Right. So I and that's what's a, that's what Simon is alluding to mm-hmm. is he's saying, you know, a lot of times we get these titles, one we don't know how to handle it, two we get these titles and we automatically think, well, everybody should bow down now and open the door for me and <laughs> get you me the lunch. title director it, in your Exactly. Name yeah. And so I think that's what he's alluding to which I completely agree with. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many and, and for those of us whether it's a faith-based organization or a market marketplace organization, we know we have all been burned or scarred by leaders who didn't know how to use their influence of their position correctly. Right. You know. So what would you say to somebody who's maybe struggling with their title or their position in an organization? Maybe they feel stuck, maybe they're unseen, right, unrecognized. Right. You know, how do you how do you deal with that if they're like, God, just my I, I just my my, yeah. my title, my spot, where's my place, yeah. that type of thing. Yeah, I think I, I, what I would say, because I was that person in the marketplace in several dif- different instances, you cannot see your title as a lid. You see your title as a starting point. So your title does not confine you nor define you. What your title does is just help everybody mm-hmm. understand the minimum 
that you will do. Yeah, but and that's big, the defining well, thing. Of course. Because what, what do we do when we get a new job? First thing we put, Instagram bio, boom. Yeah, back in the director of, at the of, chapel. Of course. <laughs> and, 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 you know, back in the day when everybody was at the desk and in a workplace and went to an office, they, they put a little thing on their, on their desk that said, Mr. So-and-so, director of sales, <laughs> vice president of sales. Again, not wrong. Right. Just it only becomes wrong and unhealthy when you give it the power that it wasn't meant to have. Right. And so when, we, when I see people and talk to people going, and I'm struggling, you know, the company doesn't recognize me. That's my title, but I can do so much more. Mm. I always go, well, then go do it because your yeah. advancement in your organization is always right. going to be connected to the difference you make for the organization. Right. So that's why I say your job title is a minimum. Right. This is a Don't minimum. just do the job description, add value to the organization mm. and almost force the hand of the organization to change your job description. I, I would say, that's a great point, and I would say force the organization to notice you. Exactly. And, and when I say that, I mean in the positive. Right, right. I mean, because that's yeah. the idea. I mean, okay, you're, you're, you're the director of sales, you're the marketing rep, you know, you're the regional director for mm -hmm. so-and-so, great. Mm -hmm. Hey, go shoot 10 ideas, right. hey, so-and-so, that out of your realm of responsibility mm -hmm. where you're going to add value to the overall company and or your department. Sure. That's we, That's right. how you have upward mobility. Right. Yeah. You know. Seth Godin calls this just being indispensable. It goes beyond right. just kind of, you know, uh, this just the baseline job description because that's defined and that could be interchanged, but you are a unique exactly person. Right. Your unique giftings, your creativity, You yeah. when you make yourself indispensable exactly. to an organization right. or to you, a podcast. It, or because you are indispensable. <laughs> Just kidding. No, that sounds perfect. That was perfect. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really great advice, especially for a young leader. So maybe talk about what yeah. what would be the value of right. a young leader joining an organization with a winning culture rather than yeah. just taking a job title at an organization that's just okay because it says director in the title or right, whatever right, that right, may right. be. Well, the whole idea, like what I would say, you know, to a, to a young leader in any organization going going anywhere is understand your definition of, and when we say winning organization, understand that you have a complete clear understanding and definition of what the organizational win is. Because you could be having wins all day and they are great. And everybody would go, wow, that's awesome. But is it is it part of what you do for the organization? And then what you're doing for the organization, how is it contributing to the overall mission and vision of the organization? Mm. So one, a complete clear understanding of what's the win for where I work. That's yeah. the, the way to say it. What's the win for where I work? And what's my part in getting that win? I mean, just like a team. There's shortstop, there's a third baseman, there's a second baseman. Right. They all know we got to win the game. That's the goal. Right. My piece, my portion is I play third base. So it's it's the game, it's not to have a great, watch me, it's not to have a great at bat. A great at bat only matters for the third baseman if it helps the team win. So that's right. the whole idea. I would say for a young leader, understand what the win for the organization is and have complete clarity around the position you're playing. That's the first thing. Yeah. Because you could you could be great in the outfield, but you don't, your position is third base. So I'm glad you, you play a great outfield, but yeah. you got to play third base. That's what you do. Right. And then to the to the excellent level that you do third base, all the coaches, all the fans, all the organization, the general manager, the owners, they're all noticing it. Right. So that's the idea. So, so what if the needs of an organization um, puts you in a place as a leader where you're having to coach somebody to maybe 
play a different position than maybe they joined the uh, team for. The dreaded utility up. guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of times it's harder to take as a leader, it's harder to take a person who's older with some very specific lasered accomplishments and make them a utility player because they've gotten a little morsel of taste of what it means to really be in their sweet spot and have success. You know, what I have found in leading people is it's easier to take someone young, aggressive, and hungry and understand, hey, man, the whole idea here is the win. You may play a couple of different positions, but you're going to get a swath of experience, number one. Number two, you're going to deal with a swath of different people. You're going to have this unbelievable healthy base of leadership. And so it's a lot easier to do that with someone who's a younger leader than it is for someone who's older to use as a utility player. And that's what I say to a lot of the people that work with me who are younger. I'm going to go, man, get on board. Let's go. Get right. on the team. Because you don't actually know what you're capable of yet. You haven't figured it out. You're not stuck what in your great, ways. You haven't. I mean, it's a you, great point. I yeah. mean, I, I don't know that uh, we know at a certain age. No, I don't know what age that is, but right. let's go 15 to 22. I don't know. But just you haven't been in enough life experiences yet to really understand, whoa, I don't like that. Therefore, I like this or vice versa. I really like that and I don't like this. Right. So it's a little bit of an experiment. Right. You know, and it's it's so funny the millions and millions of dollars that sports teams put into their farm club, you know, or to into scouting. Because that's the whole idea. Sometimes you bring a utility person on, an employee on, you just know. I mean, I think Walt Disney has a famous quote that I use all the time. Hire for, hire for character, train for skill. Yeah. You, you cannot, you can enhance character, but there are people that are just born and have this character. Right. And I use that all the time. Yeah. And I'll train you. We're going to train it because we're on, a, we're on a discovery together. Sure. And they're a utility player. Yeah. Sometimes I need them at third. Sometimes I need them at second. Right, and, and it's and, and it's hard to train hunger or work ethic or yeah, some I mean, of it, these deeper character leadership principles, and it because it, it happens the other way in the draft where you know you've got somebody that's super you know talented and skilled, but you know they they talk they don't have a motor or they right. don't have that. Yeah, I'm in the yeah you I'm can't in the gym te- at four a.m. So you I, can't I, teach you, passion. Yeah, you hear stories about like this all the time from professional athletes, and you hear about Michael Jordan. He was the first in the gym you know, to work out. And he was the last one there watching film. You know, there's a story, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, you know, Super Bowl champions, by the way, you know, and, uh, and, and so the the story goes that after the celebration and the boat parade in Tampa, that the next day, Tom Brady called the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Bucks and went, Hey, I'm sending you an email of 10 things. I think we can do better next year and win another ring. So you can't teach that level of drive, motor, passion. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the things I look at. It's a prerequisite for a utility player. First of all, for almost any employee, but, but also for a utility guy. Yeah. And, and I think this is a really key point here. Like, if you were to ever hear somebody say, well, that's not in my job description. Yeah. How does that fly at the chapel or any organization that you might lead? Yeah. I, it, when I hear stuff like that, I literally just go, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the off ramp. I'm trying to figure out the off ramp for them with you, with you, with having in, te- in, in an integrous way, I'm trying to figure out an off ramp or I might tell their direct report. Hey, just so you know, if that mentality doesn't change, they won't, they won't last here. Because so so in other words, like gear up and protect the organization. Why? Oh, because because in in the organ for us at the chapel, the organizational value is it's more important to get the ring than the position. 
That's that's the value here. Okay, go the, into that. So uh, what the, ring? Well, the ring and baseball analogy. Right. So in other words, a ring in in the, in the World Series is you get the World Series trophy, but everybody gets a World Series ring or a Super Bowl ring. It's more important to get that because that's the ultimate win. It doesn't really. It becomes that becomes primary, and what becomes secondary is the position you play. Because my overall foundational thought is, what can I do today to get us a ring? Yes. Not, hey, I love getting a ring as long as I play third base. Oof. No, there's no way. There's no. And, wow. and by the way, in this post-COVID world, where now organizations are realizing they have to learn to pivot Be faster, very nimble with you personnel. Can, that's, that's right. One of the biggest that's things that happen. Exactly that's right. right. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you from experience now, post-COVID, if you don't have personnel that is willing to pivot, nor will the company. So the whole idea is in a company that can't pivot, it's not going to be around. Well, you're and you're, dead, and you're not going to be able to play third base for them at all because well, it won't exist. That's, and, and listen, I'm, I'll be honest. I mean, in 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 COVID, okay, in our world, you know, we have a, a large organization, and it's a church world. But the bottom line is, and the principle of pivoting comes from the the ability for the leader to show the value of pivoting to the employee. So in in the chapel, we mitigated losses in COVID immediately, and we went to employees and went, "Here's the deal." I we went to employees and said, "Here's the deal. I'm doing the best so you can keep your job. But in order to do that, we ha- I have to get you to do these three things. And let me tell you what the ring is. The ring is you're going to get a paycheck that clears. I mean, come that, on, somebody. That's right. <laughs> and that, but but we need to have those honest, <laughs> crucial conversations. And you know what? I'm I'm proud of of our one of our staff in our organization that nobody lost jobs in our organization. Yeah. We all had to pivot and do different things. But the ability to pivot was directly related to your ability for your for your check to be cashed. But again, if you didn't pivot as an employee. The organization was going to have a hard time pivoting overall, yeah. And so I think that's a key thing to remember, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as an employee. And I think the organizational health is really key to all of this culture, just how it feels. Because when you're just in an okay situation, like your position and your title matters a lot more, because it's almost like your own little bubble like your own little lane because you may not believe in the the bigger picture values which if you're in that place you should probably you know (laughs) start start looking yeah but what's great about being part of a healthy organization and i can say this just from experience and especially being here at the chapel is you know i'm i'm happy to be a utility player because i'm on I'm on the team because (laughs) I want to win a ring. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a lot of times what I tell everybody who works here at at the chapel is, hey, hey, we're on the team and we want to get a ring. Predominantly, you're going to be the student pastor or you're going to work in accounting. But there are going to be times when I need you to pinch run. There are going to be times when because of injury or because of extenuating circumstances, I'm going to need you to be the outfield. Now, I understand job descriptions. We got to have them. But really, a lot of times in a pivoting, healthy organization that can pivot in all circumstances, you've already given the employee or or your You've already given the employee the idea that this is predominantly where you're going to be, but in in case we need to pivot, I've noticed some things in you, and you may be called upon to do this. I mean, I just think it's so important in this day and age where we're really realizing how fragile life is, how fragile economies are, how fragile the things are that we do, that we understand, because I, I got I mean, you've, you've seen this in our staff meetings, I'll say, oh, I, I thought you wanted to work here. Because the ring, the goal 
was that our church would be a life-giving organization to our community. Oh, I thought that's what you wanted to do. Not, oh, I want to work at a life-giving church as long as I play third base. Oh, you're crazy. Microphone in my hand. You, you don't, right. Oh, oh, you don't, oh, so there's a contingency. Oh, so we have to like reword your contract <laughs> or we have to re no, or renegotiate because the goal here is we, I want to be in a life-giving church that changes the community. I'm thankful and fortunate I get to play third base, but there will be times where I'll need it in the outfield because the ring and the goal is to be a life-giving organization, and I get to play a part. And blessed that it's mostly in an area where I'm gifted, but sometimes I'm, I got to go do... Look, look... I, I use this all the time, and I think people forget. You know, in the in the Bible, there's a there's a section where that there's there's it's crazy. The widows and the orphans are not getting fed. The widows and the orphans are seem like they're being neglected. So what the disciples had to do is they had to sit down and go, "Hey, how do we get to this value? It's a must." The win is feeding the widows and the orphans. So they said, we're going to devote ourselves. They evaluate. We're going to devote ourselves to know what we can do, do what only you can do, and find others and raise others up that can do as important things, but you're never going to be as good as this other person because you're wired to do something right. And so what they do is they find a guy in the back of the room named Stephen. Stephen never goes, hey, man, that's not my gig. That's not my calling. Hey, that's not the way I'm wired. I went to school to be a third baseman. They're like, no, you want to go make a difference for Jesus and move the kingdom forward? Sure, I'll serve tables. And when you have that mentality, I'll serve people, I'll serve the widows and the orphans. And one of the reasons why in the Bible they said widows and orphans was so important is because you could get no remuneration from those two groups. There was nothing you could get back from them to where you served to get. So you serve to give. So here's Stephen, never has a filter or say, that's not what I'm built for. It's not what I'm called for. Right. And, and that's the idea there. And when you have that mentality, when you are in your sweet spot and you're doing something for the organization that fulfills you, right. now it's a blessing. Now it's like, man, I, I got to do this. Yeah. And that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I heard you share a story once of a positive example of this, of just the meaningfulness of being part of a winning team, a winning organization, winning a ring. Yeah. Uh, a friend yeah. of yours in the front office um, at the Baltimore Orioles when they won the World Series. What year was it? It was 83. Yeah, yeah 83. Yeah, 83 yeah. against the Phillies. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm just dated myself. I'm really only 29. <laughs> but I mean, the, the whole thing was I have, I have this friend that works in the accounting department. And what was glorious is that the owner at the time went and gave everyone in the organization so a world series ring so the accountant the account one of the accounting employees right. of the Baltimore they they get a ring they get a ring. Now, historically, what happens in organizations like that where you have people in the front who are on TV making great plays, the Cal Ripkins, you know, the iron horse of baseball, right? They, they're getting all the accolades. They're getting all the attention. Well, the value, though, was we are a team. Well, what better way to convey it than the reward is as equal to the person who was in the front and who is being captivated and, and being seen as a star? I mean, that's the whole idea. The whole idea is I don't know if they could have done it with shady accounting and not knowing that two plus two is four. You know what I mean? You got salaries, <laughs> yeah, you got all these that salary cap. Well, that's exactly right, right. So, I mean, in negotiating contracts, how much money do we have? So it's just sure. a great story. And they would say to me, how moved they were. Even when they repeat the story to this day, they get teary-eyed 
because the value of you may think that you're not making a difference because you're not on TV, you're not going to be in the Hall of Fame, people aren't talking to you or, or talking about you or writing articles about you, but to me, you play an intricate part in the organization. And so that's the whole idea. As leaders, we have to also convey. So we talked a little bit about the mentality of the employee. Hey, you got to want the ring and not the position. But from a leadership standpoint, it's our responsibility to continually convey. You may think you're insignificant, but I'm telling you, your piece of the pie is essential to completion. That's what, that's what the responsibility of the leader is. So what happens is when we convey that as a leader, Listen, 30, it's probably 36 years later, talking to this woman about her contribution to the 1983 World Series, World Series champions, Baltimore Orioles, she cries. She gets teary-eyed because she was she realized she was part of something bigger than, than she could have done on her own, obviously, but was recognized for it. Mm. So that's the, I mean, think about it. 30 some odd years later, she's like, oh, well, I just, it's just, it's just amazing. I just, give me a minute. Are you kidding me? And that's the power that we have as leaders to convey that one responsibility, but then understanding the impact that it makes. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So o Orioles, we're hoping you can win another World Series. Yeah, I doubt it. Soon. I doubt <laughs> it. Well, they're in the same division as the Rays, so who cares about the Orioles now? No, I'm just kidding. I don't care about them. Anyway. All right. <laughs> meet the Mets. Meet, <laughs> meet the, the Mets. Uh... Wait. Zombie and meet the Mets. That's why I grew up a Mets fan. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pastor Q. Have yeah. a great day. See ya. Thanks for listening to X with Q. For more leadership content, hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with a friend. See you next time.